Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. everyone and welcome to another episode of the body wisdom podcast we are your hosts Kiara Orbe and Gabby Barboza welcome everyone I'm so excited to have our very special guest here Dr. Trish Ferrer welcome thank you so much ladies I'm so happy to be here feels <laughs> so good we're so happy that you're here. I love your little setup in the background. I forgot to comment on that. I was like, thank you. I actually just got this table. I've the been altar. Like, yes. I've been pining for this table for a while and I'm bringing in a lot of like sound into my sessions now. So like, you know, I had to get it like set up. Yes. But totally. it looks great, right? I'm very happy with the right now. Yeah. <laughs> it looks I beautiful. It. I love thank the aesthetic. You thank you. Uh, so we're excited to dive into the feminine and masculine dynamics today. Um, this is something that I've been exploring for the past couple years now, and I'm still integrating myself and I'm still finding myself going about life and wondering how I can soften into each moment and when my masculine needs to come into play. And I'm just so excited to learn from you and see what you have to say about your journey. And I think that's kind of where we'll start. So would you mind giving us a little bit back of background as to how you landed here in this space? Yeah, God. Um, well, my story is very unique. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like, like when I think of myself in the present moment and I kind of look at my history, everything that I've done in my life has literally led me to this point. Like, you know, it's kind of that butterfly effect, that concept of like, you've made this choice. It led you here. But if I were to think of my journey, five, seven years ago, maybe even like three years ago, I would not, I would have not even seen myself in this place. Mm. Um, so just as an intro to your community, hi everyone. My name is Dr. Trish Fram, a naturopathic doctor, um, by trade, but by passion, by heart and spirit. Um, I'm very much a healer and I actually identify more with being a healer. However, I've been medically and clinical trained, clinically trained. And so my work and my service to the world combines a lot of my clinical and medical knowledge with lineage-based wisdom. And lineage-based wisdom is an accompaniment of doing a lot of ancestral work. So healing internal family systems. Um, I'm also um, in training to be a trauma therapist and specialist in that area. Um, and also bringing in and demystifying what spirituality is and the, the embodiment and integration of energy as well. So this work is very magical, but it's also very diverse, but also very complex and complicated at the same time, if that makes any sense. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel, yeah. I feel like people who enter the healing work and kind of have the basic knowledge of holistic health will probably understand this language. However, my work is basically about demystifying the woo and bringing it into reality. Mm. 
Mm. Perfect. It was so well said. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Demystifying yeah. the woo woo. Cause it's not woo anymore. Yeah. You know, we're, mm. we're finally getting to this place. Like if we're talking about things from like a systemic and clinical perspective, we're finally getting to this place where research is kind of acknowledging these very anecdotal, spiritual, yet intuitive experiences and actually putting money and investment and abundant to studying it. Like what does this actually mean from like a logical and human type of perspective? You know, so it's cool to see yeah. that energy work and spirituality and lineage based wisdom, you know, ancestral work is finally kind of like getting its recognition mm-hmm. because a lot of us have been in this work for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but basically, I, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a very uh, unique household. I grew up um, with an abusive caretaker. Um, my not my not my entire childhood was abusive, but there were a lot of you know abusive experiences and kind of like violent experiences that I grew up with. And being an immigrant in this country, my my family and I were all immigrants there was a lot of like adaptation and assimilation. So I feel like growing up, I've had this unique lens of kind of viewing life in certain ways. Out of all my family, I would say that I'm a little bit more of like the dreamier one, right? Mm -hmm. I've always kind of like had my head in the clouds. And I think with my background, I've been able to kind of see things in, you know, a variety of different perspectives and very like diverse perspectives. And I can juggle different truths. And so when I got into a naturopathic medicine, um, being in, being in an institution, you know, they teach you like, you know, it's so funny because natural being in naturopathic school is probably like the most unnaturopathic that you could be, <laughs> you know, because I've heard, right. Cause you know, you're so yeah. institutionalized, like, even though you're learning about like the concepts and the philosophies and the academics of naturopathic medicine, you're literally getting, getting like beaten to death with everything that you have to learn and do. It's literally like drinking wow. water from a fire hose. Yeah. Um, And so when I was in naturopathic school, you know, my goal was, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to graduate school. I'm going to either join a practice or have my own practice and just focus on clinical work. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was my intention because that was kind of like what the collective intention was, right? Like you're, you're in school to study medicine, you get out and you practice medicine, period. However, naturopathic school because of its philosophies of being you know nature cure and like coming back into the body and generating sensory awareness of the body and kind of looking at things from this perspective that you are part of nature Mm -hmm. a really big philosophy in naturopathic medicine and I think that catalyzed a lot of healing at that time I was also in a very abusive partnership um, and it lasted like 10 years and so getting into naturopathic school, I was kind of fueling my own sense of sovereignty. I entered a healing journey while I was there, even though it was so fucking crazy to be in that program, Um, left my partnership. And through my healing journey, this is where I was kind of like reawakening and rediscovering um, 
all of the healing that I had in my lineage because I come from a long line of healers. And so I was kind of like rediscovering and waking up that inner compass that I had within myself. And so I had heard about ancestral work before. I obviously like I was keen into energy work at that time and really getting exposed to it. But I, I did not really like think of myself as someone who had the capacity to do that. Mm. And then I remember working with uh, one of my healers who is still a healer of mine now and very much a mentor in my life. You know, she was like, you're absolutely psychic. Like, let's open up your psychic gifts. And then that kind of like started from there. And then I graduated school. I was having a difficult time with my identity in terms of like, well, everyone is doing this clinical stuff. Should I do it? Because that would legitimize me as a naturopathic doctor. You know, if I start doing energy work, people are going to start thinking that I'm, you know, fluffy and like really fruity and not serious. And, you know, am I going to perpetuate this narrative that naturopathic doctors are just people who, you know, walk around barefoot all day and they're just, you know, honoring and talking to the plants all day when it's not like that at all. You know, a lot of (laughs) things are very modern these days. And so, you know, I was kind of like going through that. And so when I started my practice, it was very clinically focused. I was doing like a lot of mental, emotional health. I was doing nervous system regulation. I was doing like a lot of like psychoneuro neurology in my practice. And then basically in 2021, I was like, what the hell am I so afraid of? Mm. What, what am I so afraid of? I, I know my magic. I know the magic that lies in this kind of healing work, because obviously when I'm not uh, at work or whatever, I'm not with one of my clients, I'm doing a lot of this work in my own personal life. And I'm like, why am I holding back all of these gifts? Right. Why am I not integrating? Like, why does it not feel good in these ways like there's something missing like and that's what I was feeling in my career like there's stuff missing and that was me being inauthentic to the kind of service that I was offering my community and to the world and so 2022 happened I integrated and we are here now (laughs) oh my gosh your story is so beautiful it's I feel like I could listen to you talk to it about it (laughs) oh Um, it's like so yeah it's so beautiful like the rising out of that and what you said about um well there's so much I want to touch on but the the woo part of it I feel like saying like it's like almost prefacing like um, it's a fear of what are they going to think if I say totally. this? And so I'm going to say, oh, this is like, don't worry. This is a little woo. It's like, we don't even have to say that. And yeah. you're valid. Yeah. yeah. I love that you, you know, that. we, we live in a society that has continuously oppressed us in so many ways. And so that kind of oppression has leaked will will leak into the family, will leak into you, you will carry that on. And it's really up to you to make that very like bold and audacious choice to choose whether or not to be authentic to yourself, no matter how people are going to take it. 
no matter how many voices in your head stop you, no matter how much the ego is going to tell you you're going to fail, at some point you have to make that bold and audacious choice. And I feel like a lot of people don't make the choice and then they go through their life wondering Mm -hmm. why things haven't happened for them or why they weren't able to have this kind of partner or this kind of career or this kind of business, friendship. Why is it that they weren't able to make this much money in their life? And so- you know, at some point we have to like step into that courage, right? Mm. I see. Was there a moment? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, was there a moment in your childhood? It sounds like you had a pretty like tumultuous childhood. Was there a moment that you were like connecting at that point? Like absolutely the divine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have. Yeah. I've been a, I've been a lucid dreamer my entire life and very clairvoyant, but specifically very audient, um, mm. which is which is why like sound and frequency and music has really been very healing in my own life. And I remember communing with a lot of like darker spirits and entity when I was younger, but I think that was a manifestation of the environment that I happened to be in. And so that was kind of what was populating the environment, yeah. you know? And so... Um, Oh God, I have so uh, so many stories that I can share. However, <laughs> there were some really beautiful parts about me connecting to the divine. I remember as part of, you know, Filipino folk folklore, they talk about like animal spirits. And I didn't know this as a child. I actually just discovered this story like a few months ago. But growing up when my when my grandparents died, I had a really powerful connection to my grandparents, my father's dad and my father's side. Um, they have that long line of healers in their family, the Ferrer side. And when my father died, my parents had hid that news from me. And I remember this one evening just breaking down in the bathroom. And I had no idea why, just like bombarded with the most intrusive sense of grief. And it was really uncontrollable. And then the following morning, I had come home from school and I had seen this like white butterfly in our house and it flew into the living room, went after it, could not find it anywhere. Later on, that's when my parents had told me that my my grandfather had passed. And a few months ago, um, since I've been diving deep in a lot of this um, ancestral spiritual work in, you know, in relation to my Filipino diaspora, um white butterflies are a sign of the ancestry wow Wow! yeah so it's wow. really cool I just discovered that a few months ago and so oh it's yeah it's pretty wild so that that would be you know a story that I'd like to share about connecting to the divine that's more pure yeah mm. yeah yeah wow mm-hmm. wow I just like hearing your story I'm just like there's so many similarities that I have there too. And I'm sure you can relate to Gabby. I want to speak Mm -hmm. to the relationship that you were in the partnership that you were in. Yeah. Um, 10 years. (laughs) It's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very long time. Did you like, were you planning the rest of your life out with this person? Like, tell us, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up with a healthy view of partnerships. Mm. Um, you know, my growing up Filipino Chinese, my my 
you know, and with the colonization of the Philippines, my, my parents are bound by marriage through the indoctrination of the Catholic church. And so, you know, they don't believe in divorce, et cetera, et cetera. And so growing up, seeing them argue and fight, and it was nasty, like argue and fight and yell and emasculate the whole thing. Um, you know, taking that in as a child, that's not a very healthy view of partnerships. And so when I entered that partnership, or I, I guess we can say like, I called it in because I grew up so much mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's so funny. There wasn't an innate knowing that we were going to be together for a long time. I think it was one of those situations where it was like, we got three years under the belt, five years under the belt seven years, nine years. And it was kind of like, oh, well, the next, you know, the next phase in our partnership is that we're going to get married and have kids. But was there an intrinsic desire to do that? And this innate knowing like I have now with my partner now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) And so when did you know that it was time for, for that partnership to end? Like, what was it for you? Was it just going through naturopathic school and like that kind of being the the initiation there? You know, I think naturopathic school gave me the courage to leave because I was fueling my own sense of self Mm -hmm. at that time in my life. However, no, I think when I look back at it, you know, I, we, we had a small separation during the fourth year of our relationship and you know, I wanted to explore, I just got to college and, you know, I wanted to see what it was all about and, you know, what liberation would feel like in this new experience. And, you know, I think it, it it's the safety of being with someone for so long, you know, and I was 18 at the time, like I, I, yeah. you know, I didn't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I'm figuring myself out. You know, he's the same. We're both kind of growing in a way together. So there's a little bit of this like adaptation process that I feel like the both of us were going through and like, you know, it's, it's comforting to have someone be there and go through that with you no matter how tumultuous that was at the same time but I I also didn't have the awareness of these types of behaviors at that time in my life like I do now you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so now fast forward to your partnership today yeah how did you call him in I'm curious how y'all met so we we met on Instagram. <laughs> I always I always love to make this joke that like he slid into the DMs. It's just a joke. Um, it's just a funny joke, you know, because everyone's like, oh yeah, he's you know whatever person slid in my DMs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's not like that. But we did meet. All, we we met and we connected on Instagram. And, um, I, you know, I guess that's just how people meet each other these days is just online. You know, it's, I'm sure that there are organic instances where you see someone at a coffee shop or like at the farmer's market or whatever, walking down the street or at the gym and it's a thing, but I feel like a majority of people meeting and connecting and going on dates is probably through an online platform at some sort of some Mm -hmm. sort. So we met on Instagram, um, I'd left my partnership, was feeling grieved the partnership while I was in it. And so by the time that, you know, I had built up all of this intrinsic courage to leave, left, I felt really liberated. I felt very liberated. I was kind of excited to continue fueling my own journey. 
Um, I was doing a lot of like self-work at the time, but I, I was also doing like a lot of things that I wasn't necessarily able to do in the partnership. And so I think that permission slip that I was able to give myself kind of allowed my current partner to be called into my life. But I do remember an instance um, I was leaving to go on a medical trip in Mexico and, you know, I was really developing like my meditation practice at this time. And like, I had like anchored really deep in it. And this was like months, months, months later. And I remember just being in my meditation and saying, you know, I'm ready to receive love, like whatever that looks like. And then a day and a half later, I got a message from my partner. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he was entering his own healing journey through naturopathic medicine. And so, you know, it it kind of, you know, and and all the naturopathic doctors, I feel like on Instagram are are connected in some way because the community is relatively small still. And so, you know, making my way over, he he found me. Wow. So he's into naturopathic medicine as well. Like he's all about what you're about. Yes. He's, he's, yes. Loves it into it, embodies it, loves holistic health and healing. Mm. Um, you know, he's very emotionally intelligent and aware and available, but also very spiritually conscious, like very divine masculine embodying Mm. and embodied at the same time. Um, yeah. So our partnership is pretty fucking awesome. It doesn't come without its challenges for sure. Um, but I, I, what conscious relationship doesn't come without its unique challenges, especially when it comes to like communication styles and whatnot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's totally like in the, yeah, you're always going to have conflict and things to work on. It's like how you deal with like exactly like how emotionally intelligent you are in order to deal with the conflict. And yes, I feel like that is, it's so interesting that you met on social media because something that I was curious about asking you is how do you think that because there's so many people are being liberated right now on social media especially I would say women and um or people that embody a feminine energy um and I feel like there's been a permission in the past couple of years to show up and like show your body if you want to and like do whatever you want to do and just be how do you think that do you think it's positively maybe negatively neutral affecting relationships like social media today um I feel like there there is still like a hesitancy from some people who do want to show up but they're a little fearful does that make sense my question (laughs) yes absolutely absolutely do I feel like social media can play a role into like potentiating some issues right yeah Um, or either either positive or negative like yeah yeah I I think yes and no yes and no I think it really depends on the the people who are in the partnership right but you know I think when you're when you're single you kind of follow and embody these unique rules that you have with yourself however once you enter a partnership like sometimes the rules need to change and bend to honor both people in the partnership, right? Because that's what being in a partnership is all about. It's not just about you. It's also about honoring and thinking about the other person. And so, you know, if say you, you know, you happen to be a woman or a man or whomever, like, you know, however you identify, if you happen to be a person on a specific liberation journey 
And liberation means so many things to different people. Some people feel like part of their body liberation, let's say their body and sexual and energetic liberation is to show up nude, but your partner may have, you know, may have a, an insecurity about that. I think that warrants um, a healthy conversation. Well, why is it that it bothers you so much? Or like, how can the two people in the partnership meet so that you can both honor those desires of, you know, I'm feeling really insecure about this, but I really want to honor you at the same time. But then there's the other bit of it is, well, with this is how I feel like I need to show up right now, you know? Mm-hmm. But I will say that on social the the issue that I do find with the liberation journey in general, and let's say, you know, the 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 empowerment movement, right, is that there is only one image and visual that's attached to it, and most of the the visuals and the images that we see online are women who are either nude or are partially dressed. And this is what I speak to a lot with the women in my practice, because they'll say like, oh, this is not something that I need to do. Like, do I need to show up nude on social in order for me to like, you know, share my empowerment journey with everyone? And it's like, no, absolutely not. Like these coaches, mentors, teachers, healers who do that, do it for the purpose, because that's how they feel their liberation is. And if they are perpetuating this idea that like, you have to show up this way, those are people you don't want to work with because they're Mm -hmm. not honoring the individual experience of how you know what feels comfortable and good for me to show up now if you say are like on social if you have you know if you want to enter like the body neutrality state because whatever you're learning how to love your body and you know intuitively heart body being space that you know showing your body is going to heal you then that's okay that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it poses, you know, healthy, open conversations about it. Like just having a conversation about it is very healing in and of itself. So Mm -hmm. have the conversation. Don't hold it back. If it's an issue or an insecurity, like bring it up, bring it up, period. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. How has um, learning about the feminine helped you have you at all struggled with body image issues absolutely yeah (laughs) okay I feel like everyone has to some degree (laughs) absolutely absolutely I feel like you know when it comes to the feminine oppression and female oppression overall right when we look at women even from a historical standpoint back in the day 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 you know women were goddesses they were being worshipped however with industrialization, you know, that's when we started to conform to gender norms and societal norms and cultural impressions of things. And then women's bodies started, women's bodies, sexuality, their feminine energy, if that's what they define as, identify as, started to slowly get oppressed over time. And so I feel like most women, again, unless you're part of that 1% where where you grew up really wild and free (laughs) and you happen to have that environment growing up, then you're very, very lucky. But I feel Mm -hmm. like most women definitely have, you know, or go through, you know, body image issues, confidence issues, 
um, identifying with their sensuality and sexuality issues and some dysfunctions with that, you know, a closed off womb, mental health things when it even comes to other women. Um, but yeah, 100%, I've definitely struggled with connecting to my feminine energy. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that I grew up with my mom since she was, you know, abusive in, in certain ways. And, you know, I didn't have positive and powerful female role models growing up. In fact, I've always had incredible men around me, except that one partnership, um, men around me outside of my, you know, immediate family. And so, you know, this idea of like being a woman and like anchoring into my femininity and embodying this like soft, sensual, but strong energy flow, sex, desire, all of this stuff always made me really uncomfortable for a really, really long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you happen to be in a partnership with a man who doesn't necessarily support the feminine or woman experience that this associates you more and more from that because it's not a safe environment for you to surrender into that natural innate energy that you have so yes i've 100 struggled with it before um, but there's ways to embody it now with all of the information that's coming out and all of the different healers that are like talking about this and really like bring it into the world of women's liberation. Yeah, I was going to ask like what your favorite ways are to like slowly begin embodying the feminine in your body and creating that safety so that you can surrender. Mm, yes. Okay. So well, let me, let me say this. I, I guess I, I want to preface the conversation by saying that everyone has masculine and feminine energy, right? I think that in the very human 3D type of world, we love to assign what we believe is masculine and what we believe is feminine. However, energetics overall is very non-binary. There's no face attached to it. There's no sexual identity or sexualizing like gender identity to it. You know, there's only kind of like actions and feelings associated with it. And so when we talk about feminine energy, right, the more, the, the very classic feminine energy that we think of is usually a woman who's very soft, sensual, flowy, desirable, um, you know, and then when we think of the masculine, we think of the man who is, you know, very much the king and he's protective and he's a leader. He's really thoughtful. You know, he has all of the ideas he can produce while the woman, the feminine energy is very much like desirable, etc. And so um, I think if I were to give an advice about like the, a woman's feminine urge to connect to her feminine energy in the event that she wants to do that is like what does it even feel like for you you know and going back to ruminating and dropping down into these ideas about your womanhood what does it feel like to you being a woman is it comfortable do you feel safe being a woman what does womanhood mean to you how do you define it what does femininity mean to you what are aspects of femininity that maybe you find uncomfortable or bothersome? I would definitely start at that root of defining it for oneself. Um, and then when we move on to practices, I think the first place to start 
is learning how to rest and receive. Oh yeah. That's a big one. (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah. Women in today's society have been so conditioned to wear all the hats, right? And Mm -hmm. when we think about the modern feminist movements, Mm -hmm. a lot of them perpetuate that. I, you know, I 100% believe in equal rights and equal pay. However, does the woman, does the woman need to do the same work as a man? From a primal and biological perspective, I don't necessarily believe in that because even from a physiological standpoint, women are designed a specific way and so are men. Mm -hmm. And so I feel a, a great place to start anchoring in your femininity is resting resting just rest just surrender into your own body claim the space in which you are resting and just allow yourself to exist without having to do something without having to produce something without having to create something without forcing yourself or pushing yourself to do something rest that's like so yeah that like permission is in my experience with masculine energy and with men in my um, relationships, I've noticed that he would be like so in the moment and I am seemingly in the moment, but I'm thinking about like everything and what I need to do next and like how to serve him better and and blah, 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 blah. But I noticed how beautiful it was to be with someone who's like, He's just here and he's not thinking about what he's going to do in an hour. He's not thinking about what happened yesterday. It's just here. Yeah. And And yeah. 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 It's, it's really beautiful. And I feel, you know, when we're talking about presence, right. When we're that, that's an example that you're giving us, um, healthy, balanced and healing men love presence. Mm -hmm. And so do women. When we can just coexist, even with other women or other men, whomever, like when we can just coexist in a space without having to be like there too much or back there too much, that's really a beautiful thing. And a lot of us don't know how to do that because we're, we're always thinking about the next thing. Like how to care for everyone around yeah, you. How to care, like, how to be yeah. in service. Like, should I do the yeah. dishes? What am I going to make for dinner? Like, when mm-hmm. should I do this next load of laundry? Like, whatever. Like, we're always thinking about. While like, also trying to work full time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's, there's always this thing. So it's like, when was the last time that you granted yourself to mis- permission to not do a goddamn thing? Mm-hmm. And really just reclaim that energy, that space. So you can actually feel what your body feels like. You can actually get in tune to the energy that's like sitting within you already, like waiting to be let out. That that energy is literally waiting to come out. <laughs> but we don't give ourselves that permission to do so, which is why it gets like stuffed down more and more and more, mm. you know? That's one of my favorite things that I started doing last year is carving out time to do absolutely nothing. I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, because we're all about, especially in the holistic health space, like the meditations, I got to do yoga, I got to go for my walk. I got to like, even the healthiest of things is still doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I love like body-based check-ins, just like, especially yep. throughout the day, especially as an entrepreneur, like, yes. and you know, I have to, that's been a big, big thing for me. And I think yeah. I just, that's probably why I've gotten so much more into this feminine and masculine work because of being in the seat that I'm at, I'm in and having yeah. to hold people, hold space for people. Yeah. And if there's just like so much, I mean, we're, we're marketing, we're social media managers, we're yeah, all the behind all the scenes it. admin <laughs> stuff. Like it's so much. And at one point I just remember I was like spinning Yeah, and I was like, Whoa. Um, and it really is like the slowing down and the carving out time to do absolutely nothing, which is challenging for someone who is like on all the time. Correct. It's very yeah. unfamiliar and it feels unsafe. Yes, to do. it does. It does. I, I love that you mentioned that the unsafe portion, because that is part of that feminine urge and desire, right? Is to create a safety container within herself. And like, mm -hmm. how do we do that in a world that perpetuates so much unsafety? And yeah. how can we do that in a world that has taught us to disassociate from our body so much? so mm -hmm. much like yeah. you guys you you wouldn't believe how many conversations that I have with women in my containers or in my sessions about how even let's say like in sexual intimacy they don't feel anything yeah the num numbness is like numbness, huge you know and so it, it's amazing how there's this kind of collective desire to you know, want to create that safety. I have this innate desire to feel safe within my own body, but I literally feel unsafe creating it and I don't know how to do it. Yeah, something you talk about that I love is that um, like self-touch doesn't have to be masturbation and it doesn't have Not to be self-pleasure. And I think once I, as I was healing from a very like a recent past relationship, I started just like holding my womb and like thanking her and like just holding my body and not in a sexual yeah. way at all and it's been so healing and I think that can just be and at first it was uncomfortable because yeah. like I, I mean I've done this before but what what made me think of it is when you're talking about the dissociation that can happen in rough relationships and like all yeah. of that it comes in and we wax and wane between being really comfortable with our in our body and really uncomfortable in our body and how can we get back to that and what does that practice like what would you if you were working with a client who experienced something like that like me yeah. like got really out of touch with their body what what is something I know everyone's different but what's something that you would recommend like a gentle way to start getting back in touch with your, your womb, your body. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually call this work womb sovereignty in my mm -hmm. practice. Right. So like, um, cultivating and like reestablishing and rediscovering because it's already there, right. It's not anything yeah. new. We're just, we're having this return back to the self. So, um, rediscovering the sovereignty of your womb. And I love focusing on the womb in women's work, especially from an emotional and spiritual perspective, because the womb is where we house all of our power as a woman, right? It is physically a birthplace of creation, if that's what you choose to do, right? Like you can see even have a baby, 
but it is also the birthplace of creation in the emotional spiritual sense of just creativity and ideas and flow and desire and intimacy right and so when we do a lot of womb sovereignty we do work on re-identifying and you know subconscious programming around our limiting beliefs of pleasure because when people autom- think of pleasure they will automatically connect it to the dogmatic view of like a puritanical conditioning of like naughty like it's naughty and it's taboo yeah. you know because <laughs> the religious indoctrinations have taught us that right but pleasure is really just about what brings you joy what makes you feel really good and so when we're working on womb sovereignty in my practice of returning back to our body, we get very, very familiar with the womb. And so that can look like a couple of different things. For example, if I'm working with a woman who has had um, a history of sexual trauma and sexual abuse, you know, we slowly titrate and open up the womb space. And, you know, that can look like building a connection with the womb space what does she feel like what does she look like when was the last time you even looked at her or touched her in a non-sexual way like you're just feeling her touching her admiring her it's just like looking at yourself in the mirror right where every day we're just subconsciously doing our makeup but when was the last time you actually like gazed at yourself when I was on mushrooms (laughs) exactly right it's, it's the exact same yeah. thing when we're working on womb sovereignty is becoming familiar with that place, mm-hmm. you know, so admiring her, touching her, feeling her, what does she look like? And even going that next level of, you know, introducing the concept of intimacy through touch, you know, and in a non-sexual way, touch her, like insert your fingers into her. What does she feel like but since the womb is a smooth muscle just like you know different parts of our body the womb houses a lot of memories right so there's always a possibility that things will come up and so when you're introducing you know insertion or penetration of some sort like what comes up for you what comes up for you what are you feeling in your body the sensations are you getting flashbacks visions memories store up right and then from there on we get a little bit of an origin story and then we kind of work our way through that yeah Yeah, I'm just thinking of my own journey with my womb and I, I remember like first learning about like womb work and womb wisdom. And I was like, Ooh, like I want that. And (laughs) as I'm reflecting, I'm like, there was this rush as there is to like desperately feel better and like a healing journey. Yes. And I realized that I could not rush that process at all. It's, and, and then I found myself feeling frustrated at times which makes sense. And also it's also like perpetuating the cycle to just continue being frustrated with my womb instead of like, okay, I see you need time and I'm going to give you that space and I'm going to be here when you're ready. And just like being with her is like the presence, like the presence with your body is huge. Yeah. It goes along with the gazing. 
Yeah. And we're, we're going back to those original points that we talk about, right. Just being able to like reclaim that space and like resting in that presence, right. Like it doesn't have to be something I don't have to have an orgasm. I don't have to be, I don't necessarily have to be wet right now. I don't have to whatever. I, I don't have to whatever. And that, that is like an issue that I'll sometimes see online with these, you know, pleasure coaches or, you know, people in like the pleasure atmosphere is that, you know, they will promote their work from a place that's very much almost results driven. And then, you know, I'll get women come to me and then they wonder why this didn't work in this situation where it was like, well, was your womb ready? Was she she open for that? Like, did she feel safe enough to receive that medicine? Because that's, that's part of it. Even when we're talking about from a sexual place and from a sexual intimacy type of place, right? You literally have to open up the woman first in order for her to properly receive and for her to actually feel pleasure. And that's not what we're learning when we're teenagers <laughs> no, in the it's movies. Like, it's one and done, baby. Yeah. It's one and done. Yeah. Wipe your hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a huge relearning and I really hope that that kind of shifts like for our generation oh I just saw a white butterfly (laughs) our ancestors are here watching us um but yeah I really hope that's something that shifts for generations to come and so that we get to teach our babies and so on and so forth and what not that it necessarily needs to look one way, but at least having that principle in mind of like, it's not just penetration and done. It's, it's, yeah, it's this intimacy, which is not always sexual that has to be established first. Yes. And then yes. watching this beautiful thing just grow and transform with and intimacy. Like the, like, yeah. Oh no, go. I feel like, Oh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, I feel like the reteaching to the masculine too is, is that yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, a whole I, other... I actually think it's, it's both. Yeah. You know, yeah, actually, it's totally both. Yeah. I, I think it's both because, you know, like this is, and this is what I was going to say is that there, there is a possibility. And I know this from personal experience, like there's always that possibility of you inviting a healthy masculine man into your life and because of his devotion like and his devotion and his love to you his very divine devoted loyal love committed love to you that in itself will naturally open you up to like surrendering to the womb yeah you know feeling safe with your womb feeling safe within intimacy because intimacy is so much more than sexual we know that right like intimacy is mental stimulation it's consciousness consciousness work it's emotional intelligence and maturity you know there's a physical aspect right the physical body and like what we can see with our human eyes that's part of intimacy too And so I think that if you happen to be in relationships where there's already a a solid foundation of intimacy and say you're a woman and you haven't necessarily anchored into your feminine energy, whatever that looks like, if there's a baseline foundation of healthy, powerful intimacy, that in itself will just kind of teach you to surrender 
mm-hmm. naturally because the intimacy alone makes you feel really safe. It makes you feel desired. It makes you feel special, beautiful, worthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, so true. So mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm like looking at time. I'm like, how the hell has it already been an hour? <laughs> I know. There, there, there's so many things to talk about with this topic. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I had just one more question. You kind of mentioned it already that we have both the feminine and masculine essences within us, whether you're male or female. Yeah. And um, I want to know a little bit more about how you connect with your masculine. When do you get to embody that? Is it, I mean, I, I'm sure your partner also too enters his mass. I mean, his feminine, like, is that yes. kind of when it comes out? Like, I'd love to see what that looks like in relationship. Yeah. So, um, when we started our partnership, right, there was already this foundational work of like him embodying his masculine, me embodying my feminine. And so when we got together, there was a lot of that, like co-regulating with our energies, which is really beautiful and very like natural as part of our emotional and spiritual growth and still continues to this day. Um, for me personally, my masculine will tend to show up when I'm in a space where I'm in service. So Mm -hmm. for example, now, you know, even though we're talking about energetics, everything like this, like the information that is like flowing out through me is all of my feminine work. However, I'm embodying my masculine by sharing it and like teaching it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so anytime that I'm on session or, you know, my, my inner masculine is what guides me with my energy, keeping me anchored, keeping me stable. And then when I facilitate or do any healing work, that's all of my feminine energy coming through. So they have a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Um, in, in my, in my partnership and my romantic relationship, my masculine energy comes out when we're in conflict (laughs) and you know he because my my partner is very much in his core energy of being a masculine you can imagine that it's very much like this right and so um part of part of our work when we're in conflict and part of our resolution is okay well how can we like soften the situation for me to feel safe enough to remove my shield and approach right and because he's in his masculine he feels like he's done something wrong he's not a worthy man etc and so I have to make this conscious decision of like okay let me remove my shield down embody more of my feminine energy approach and have a softer more calm and at ease resolution type situation. However, that doesn't always work, obviously, with the nature of conflict. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's when it shows up in my life is when I'm in conflict. I will, you know, the masculine just automatically comes out. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, we've had to protect ourselves for so long. And like yes. the oppression that we're talking about, like that is the oppression speaking of like, we have been so dimmed and yeah. so this the shield is the protection yeah <laughs> and like how can we relearn that in a safe yeah. partnership is like the work I think a lot of us are doing yeah um, and and yeah. that's the thing right is that safety 
safety needs to be cultivated and there needs to be work and effort put into safety. It doesn't naturally just happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the, uh, the awareness is, is the majority of the battle first. So when you begin learning about this work and begin realizing how you're showing up in conflict, how, what you can do differently, et cetera, yep. there's this choice and also the limbic system, like literally our animal yes. brain can come online. And, and I think it's, it's so natural and inevitable sometimes where like, oh, I said this before, was it on a podcast episode where it's like, I feel like sometimes I've forgotten everything I've ever learned in, in complex oh, sometimes yeah. oh, like yeah. that will naturally happen too. <laughs> yeah. So like holding space for that. Um, that's a very human thing. Yeah. That's a very yeah. human thing, right? Like, you know, who you are as Kiara and Gabby, when you're at work, doesn't, yeah. isn't necessarily always going to translate a hundred percent in your life because you're, you're still very much human. Mm-hmm. And it's our inner child too. Like I yeah. feel like in conflict, I can totally see when I'm talking to someone's inner child versus yeah. when I'm talking to them as an adult. <laughs> or, or, um, your, yeah. or your inner teenager. That's my, yes, favorite, the, inner you know? <laughs> the inner teenager. That's, you know, that's, I feel like that's kind of where I am in my healing now is like, <laughs> you know, I'll experience these like bouts of like rage and anger. And my partner, you know, my partner will be like, wow, it's like really refreshing to see you really angry about something. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, God, feeling angry just like makes me feel so like gross and dirty and ugly and all that stuff. So we're in that place as I'm healing my inner teenager because she's very angry. Yeah. It makes so much sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more question if you're able, I, it's a little different. Um, we're, I'm kind of going down a different path, but um, we've been talking about this, me and Kiara lately, Kiara and I, about someone like a client for a patient for you coming to you for a specific goal and maybe their goal. How do you integrate the work between needing like super naturopathic medicine? Like this is the protocol versus when you're like, yes. Ooh, I think we could, we should actually start with the emotional work, the embodiment, and maybe that will actually ease your symptoms before a supplement or a protocol. Do yeah. you kind of mar- marry them together or how do you do that in a short snippet? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And no, it really depends. It really depends on the comfort of the human that wants to enter this kind of work with me, because I I'm very much about sovereignty and being able to make your own choices and building that empowerment with you so you can make them. And so what I'll usually tell um, the humans who want to, who are curious of working with me, or they want to enter my practice and work with me is, you know, most of, I I will say there are a lot of times where, you know, a lot of people will follow my work. And so they're, they're already attracted to the more emotional and spiritual side of my work. So they will, they will already know that they want to enter soul care. However, Mm -hmm. I have had plenty of clients who, you know, come with me, come to me for thyroid issues, gut issues, acne, anything like that. And we will enter the naturopathic space based on their decision. And usually the way I like to differentiate it is, you know, 
my naturopathic services are very much like physiologically and biochemically based. This is where we support the physical vessel. This is where we work on your lifestyle, your daily life activities, right? Supporting your body through its everyday needs and desires. Um, and then when we kind of start that and like we open up their origin story about their symptoms, whether it's thyroid, gut, acne, whatever, um, that's when I'm kind of like, okay, so we're talking about the gut. How do you feel about this? And blah, blah, blah. And then we'll slowly start talking about nervous system regulation. And I'll bring in a little bit of that work into my naturopathic services. However, a lot of the time, most of my clients who have seen me for naturopathic services will kind of like flow into yeah. soul care. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there, there is merit in saying that, you know, since my work is very integrative, like you can't address physical body without addressing emotional body, psychic body, auric body, yeah. mental body, etc. You know, it, it's all one thing. And it's, it's the same thing, even when we're just thinking about it from a clinical sense, if you have gut issues, you can't address the gut without addressing your hormones, without addressing, you know, your liver function or, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is always integrated. Because, you know, I, at least from my perspective, I feel like a lot of us will carry emotional toxicity. And so when we discover and unroot a lot of that, the body naturally follows. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so it's, hard. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's cool. It's cool. It and yeah. I feel like it's something that's so challenging to wrap your mind around unless yeah. it's, you've experienced it. It's like, yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now I get it. Now oh, yeah. I know what she's talking about because it's, you're yeah. so, when you're in that, that dysregulated state, you're just yeah. like, give, give me whatever I yeah. need to take so that I can feel better. Yeah. And that just makes so much sense. But, um, I remember just like leaving, I was in a 10 year partnership too. And I kid you not, I tell Gabby, I tell everyone the story all the time. Like the next day when I left that house, yeah. Like my Yay. symptoms started dissipating. There was space. And I was like, this was it. This is <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Literally. It's, it's literally that concept of removing yourself out of any environment situation that made you sick. And then all of a sudden you feel better. Yeah. You feel better. And sometimes that's not even just like physical things or things that you can kind of like manipulate and see with your hands. It could be something internal, leaving a toxic relationship or moving out of your parents' house because it was really yeah. abusive. Like it can be literally anything, anything. Yeah. Full body exhale. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. You guys, thank you, thank you for having on. me. With good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of your practice, is there anything that you have going on right now? Are you taking on new clients? Yes. So um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I am about to close my autumn schedule for the rest of the year. And so if anyone is curious about working with me from a soul care perspective, um, I do have a couple of spots open. But other than that, I have a wait list if you're curious about joining in 2023. Perfect. We'll yes. be sure to link all your social media handles yes. and, website and all um, that stuff. Come on in. Autumn, <laughs> autumn is a great season for healing because it's cooler. We're kind of getting into like the winter vibes. So great mm -hmm. for introspective, great for introspection, mentorship, and guidance. So 
Perfect. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Thank you all for listening until Yay. next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support until next time.